0: Hey guys, it's Dan Lenny here, host of the How to Scale a Video Business podcast. Now uh, we're going to do jump into part two of an interview we started last week with Grant Jameson from Lyft Video. And if you haven't watched that, please go and uh, watch or listen to that back. And Grant runs Lyft Video Productions in Melbourne. And the interview last week was about his journey from being a freelance videographer to running a video business and this week I wanted to ask Grant about imposter syndrome and how he manages that feeling of being an imposter Um, and he shares some really key insights which I know are going to be very helpful for you. The other thing we talk about in detail is his LinkedIn strategy and how he's really dominated his niche in LinkedIn. And even during a niche change and a shift in direction, how quickly he was able to do that, exactly how he did it. And I think some really useful insights to help you if you're looking at LinkedIn as a a means of getting new business. So hope you enjoy this interview. And please make sure you like and subscribe if you're watching this on YouTube. And if you have not already done so, please leave us a review on iTunes or whatever platform you use to listen to this podcast. Anyway, guys, enjoy the show. Well, Grant, we ran out of time last week um, and we were just getting into LinkedIn and marketing. But as we wrapped that up, we we finished recording and then we talked started talking about self-doubt. And I thought it'd be a great place to begin this week's episode because I know I still have imposter syndrome and have self-doubt. It doesn't happen every day. But tell me about your journey with that because it's very real, isn't it?
1: Oh, so real. Um and I know we were just talking about this podcast and how, you know, you listen to all these other people you're like, Oh my gosh, everyone's doing so amazing. Like, what am I doing? Um, And then you reflect on your journey. You go, Oh, actually, maybe I have come a fair way, even though I still feel like I've got a long way to go. Um, But yeah, self-doubt's a a huge one for me. I imagine other videographers as well. Um, It's kind of hard when you're in the moment every day and there's like emails coming in and there's jobs to do. You kind of, forget to take a step back and reflect Mm. on the wins you've had and that's why the weekly wins are so great in our group um but you need to take that time to just reflect and go oh actually a year ago for me I was a bit stuck um I think we were in COVID as well don't want to talk about that but um a bit stuck with who we were working with and the engineering and manufacturing wasn't really working and now we've actually come a pretty long way, but if you don't take a moment to step back and really think about that and go, yeah, actually I'm doing all right. Um, then I think it's easy to get into that hole of self-doubt anxiety. And then for me, like, I didn't really want to some, there's been, there were a few days where I just didn't want to do anything at all. And I think it's really easy to fall into that, that hole.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, how does, how does being part of the VBA? know for someone who doesn't know what it is or has heard me rabbit on about it but they're kind of like not really sure what it is what are some of the things that that you find to be um beneficial being part of a
1: community like that the most valuable part of the vba for me is having a group of other video business owners who are at a similar level or even doing better than me, which is great. I love surrounding myself with people who are doing better than me, um, but who understand where you're coming from, what you've been through, because they're either going through it themselves or they've been through it. And so they can you can kind of bounce off each other, give support to each other. Um, I call, like sometimes I have calls outside the VBA with some of the guys catching up. Um, so, yeah, it's a pretty great little tight-knit circle.
0: Yeah, no, it's cool. I I, I mean, I agree. And it, it sounds weird for me to say that because it's my group. But I, I'm very proud of just creating an environment and a framework and, and a space. I, I often think of the VBA as, I mean, yeah, we've got amazing training and all the kind of tools that you need to build a business. But it's. I often feel like it's a men's shed. It's like a place where you can come and no matter how you're feeling, you're, you're never really alone.
1: No, absolutely. And- yeah, it's a bit of a men's shed. Um, women are welcome too, of course. But um, it's a great place just to share what's happening. And and if things aren't going so well as well, which was happening particularly during COVID, oh, my goodness. But it was a really kind of a safe space just to share what's happening and, and just get some support and rely on kind of other people just to give you a bit of a pep talk, you know. Yeah, sometimes you need yeah. it.
0: And, and look, I agree. I, I would love to see more women in the VBA. We've had a couple come and go. Um, we have more women in the up-level program and I, and I'm not sure why that is. Um, and I'd love, I'd love for there to be more women in the group, but, but the fact is it's mostly men. Yeah. Um, and, and that's why I call it a men's shed. Um, but, but most importantly, I think it's just, it's just as a real genuine care and support. And I think that's important because the self doubt, because it's, I feel like building a business is such an emotionally challenging journey at times, and and you know you've got a partner and sh- and she works full time and and she works shifts and you're trying to balance your life and oh. um I mean how how do you how do you find running a business now sort of five years in from where you were five years ago? What what are some of the things you notice to be? easier but what are some of the newer challenges you find because you know when, when you build a business right you just you you scale and then you create more problems
1: <laughs> yeah a hundred percent um so i'm I've, i'm finding myself i'm a lot more confident when i talk to clients i'm a lot more confident when i talk to new clients i'm improving on the sales side of things like just on a call thinking it, yeah I, I i've gotten rid of that whole I was kind of scared of sales and I felt kind of sleazy about it. Yeah, I remember a number of conversations where you were like,
0: oh, I just don't know what to say, you know, and and we've spent quite a long time. But but it's great that you're sharing this because
1: you you learn to be better at sales. Yeah, 100%. So I've really, now I feel a lot more comfortable. And and I think of it less as like a sales call as more like, you know, I'm I'm helping, I'm guiding a new client Mm. um, into the video space. Um, So yeah, a lot more confident with that. Um, But, yeah, definitely new struggles, of course. Um, Finding I'm spending a lot more time working than I was freelancing. Like, with freelancing, I was just kind of like, yep, edit's done, go home. Um, And so balancing that work-life thing at the moment is another, definitely another challenge that's popped up.
0: Yeah. So let's go back to LinkedIn because um, one of the things that I think is a real challenge for videographers and creatives is – Creativity is a spontaneous thing. It's uh, it's ideas. It's let's do something different. Let's find a fresh way to approach a subject. I think we have a bias towards monotony, a bias towards anything that seems like we've done it before. And yet on LinkedIn, you've got to be consistently reaching out to people kind of with the same message over and over again. Um, how have you managed to switch your brain off from being a creative, always wanting to do something new? Because I I believe one of the reasons you've been so successful on LinkedIn, and I think your LinkedIn game is absolutely on point, is that you are consistent with the types of content you put out, when you put it out, um, and how you connect with people. And I I think you built some systems around that.
1: But how did you approach that as a creative person? Yeah, well, I mean, first of all, I've got Heaps of ideas. Um, Most of them go in my ideas list on my notes app, and I never look at them again. Um, But I guess in terms of the approach, we—I started out kind of being really self-conscious about posting on LinkedIn. Like I felt like, oh, what's people going to think? I felt really awkward about it, Um, and I I quickly realized that no one really cares. But what I did with that was I essentially made a batch of content based on um, the ask framework then which is where we kind of you ask customers like what are their biggest challenges um what do they most want to achieve in their roles that kind of thing so firstly I'd, I'd ask those questions and I'd try to make some monthly content around that once a month and I'd hand that to my virtual assistant and she would post it for me which removed that block of um, you know, you're about to post and you go, oh, actually, you know, no one really cares. I'm not going to post that, you know, this isn't good enough. It removes that because it's done. So that's how I first got over it. Um, and then I started to feel a lot more confident about LinkedIn after a couple of months of um, having my virtual assistant consistently post for me. I felt a lot more confident about it and I started posting myself. And then I started to track the content that was working and versus the content that wasn't. And I found that most of the content that was working was a little bit of like me talking on camera, um, educating, like educational kind of content, like what kind of videos are best for your brand, um, why you should use customer case studies in your brand, that kind of stuff was was popular. And on those sales calls, people would mention that even if they'd never engaged, they'd be like, hey, I saw you did those how-to videos. So that was great. And then I started posting a lot more behind the scenes imagery as well. And that gets a ton of engagement. Um so every time I go on a shoot I'm like you know back in my mind right got to take a photo um and I just post it on LinkedIn tag the client tag the company um and that that goes into their network as well and then my third kind of pillar of content is, and I'm still working on this is like customer video testimonials and they're hugely popular as well
0: I I think the fact you've got themes and you're tracking them is you know you're you're actually a great marketer Grant you know you you maybe don't realize it but oh. Mark a great marketer doesn't think they test. You test different bits of content and, and a true marketer and a business owner who's who's got the idea of scale in mind, he starts to run their business by the numbers. They start to run their business based on data. And and that data can be simply how many likes did I get on that post? How I many people looked at that post? And um and we had a one of the, the calls we had um just a week or two ago in, in the VBA one of our weekly coaching calls. I think we just reviewed what you've been doing on LinkedIn. And I think a lot of the group were just like, oh, wow. Like they, they just looked to what you were doing and go, I wish I could do that. Which kind of comes back to how we started this call. When you you sometimes, for, you don't realize how far you've come until you have a chat like this or on the call last week when we just reviewed your page and your messaging was on point, your description was on point. And it's working so you know very well done to you because it's um it takes a lot of work and and what, what are some of the things where where is some of the resistance that you felt when you were kind of figuring
1: that stuff out yeah i mean so i i so basically at the start of this year i was like i wanted to dedicate to linkedin i knew i did but i still was i felt really um self-conscious about posting like just like I don't know what it was, just some imposter syndrome or like, who am I to be talking to these brands about video production? But once you get past that, um, then for me, it was just right. Here's a pain point. I know I can help them with it. Here's how we help it. And I just post that content or pass it to my virtual assistant who posted it for me just to remove that block of actually posting. Um, That was probably the biggest thing. And then also coming up with that, ideas for content as well um because for my audience like video is only one part of their job so it's not like i'm expecting tons and tons of engagement but for it helps stay top of mind when they're sort of on linkedin and they they see something and and honestly i have gotten in discovery calls comments from people who never engaged with anything And they say, oh, I've watched a couple of your videos. Um, That's really helpful. I'd love for you to share me a bit more about how we could do Mm, X.
0: Yeah. Isn't it interesting? LinkedIn is one of those strange platforms where if you look at um, Instagram or Facebook, you know, whenever someone posts something, there seems to be a ton of like, like, they're like vultures liking stuff and commenting. And so you get that kind of endorphin hit that like, oh, at least my content's being seen, even if that content's being seen by other filmmakers, which are never gonna spend any money with you, you you find yourself getting a kind of hit. And actually it was Corey, one of our other members of the group who commented a few weeks ago saying, you know, you get this endorphin hit from Facebook and Instagram that you don't get from LinkedIn. But actually, statistically, there are way more people observing your content on LinkedIn who never comment, who never engage, and if you think about that, it's because they're busy. If they're in marcoms, they're busy. They might log onto LinkedIn when they're sitting on the bus or sitting on the train, um, and they see stuff. But yeah, you're yeah. making them aware of you, and and it's that awareness that that builds a relationship. Um, and I think you know, there's there's a kind of a trifecta of awareness at the top of the triangle and trust in the bottom corner. And in the middle, the bit that people forget about is nurture. It's like, we, we, you can't just connect with someone and expect them to know instantly that they want to work with you. And the nurturing comes in the form of what's the mere exposure effect. Like the more times you're exposed to a product, brand or service, the more you build trust. And I think that's what you're doing very well. And I remember you sharing this with the guys in the group, it's just like, I've got this document and I, I put down ideas and we put that as week one and this one is week two. And I think you started with just like one post a week, didn't you?
1: Yeah. hundred percent. So, well, originally I started with, I was going to go five posts a week, just smash it out of the pot. And nah, that did not work at all. Like immediately, like day two, I was like, oh, no, don't worry about it. Um, So it really was about starting small. So one post a week. And I think I did that for like two months, just one post a week. I had heaps of content, ready to go and then I went up to two times a week um, and I still could manage that and then three times a week and that was where I was like right I I can't do any more than this and so that's kind of where I am now is still just posting three times two to three times a week um and at the same time messaging people who I might not have I might have connected with but haven't messaged in a while been a couple of months maybe they liked one of my posts um I might just message them and say hey we didn't get a chance to speak. How are you going? How are things at company? Um, so that's been kind of the approach we're taking now. And yeah, it, seem, it seems to be working. Another another cool
0: thing to do that I've been testing is um, the more you post, the more your network sort of shares what you're doing. And um, a really good sort of tactic, and I'm sure you do this, is that if you see someone who likes your post that who you don't know, is I go and then connect with them, and I just say, "Hey, Bill, you know, really good of you to like my post on this subject matter. We'd love to connect and learn a bit more about what you do." And I find that's a really good way of just expanding the network. And it's not, it's not creepy and it's not sleazy because I think if you do it in the right tone, people don't mind you expanding networks.
1: Yeah, no, hundred percent. And the other thing you can also do is just engaging with other people's content and, and commenting, and then um, yeah. Being more present on LinkedIn because if you comment on someone else's post or a company post, then other people connected with them see you as well. So, yeah. um, if you can comment with some value or add some value to another post, then that's another good strategy as well. And so, talking a bit about, and you don't need to show your numbers, obviously,
0: but but you've had beginning of this year, it was there was a tough couple of months where they, oh. I think it was you, they're definitely in transition phase. Yeah, but you know. What I wanted to kind of get into here was a little bit about there's still a roller coaster in business. And it's a roller coaster of mindset and emotions and holding your nerve when things seem like they're not working. But I think if we think back six months to where you were six months ago to where you are today, what what's happened? What what's happened in that journey? And it may be a bit longer than six months, but I recall a period this early this year where you were like,
1: Man, this is just like not working. Yeah, a hundred percent. So um basically started, well, we had COVID over the Christmas break here in Melbourne and everything was shut down, which was a real pain, but let's move on from that. So I had a bunch of projects pushed back, blah, 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 blah. The biggest thing that happened was probably in March, one of my biggest clients at the time was like, hey, we're putting a stop on video content. Um, And I just hired someone full-time Basically, to help manage this one client, so that was <laughs> a bit shit. I was like, "Oh, oh no!"
0: <laughs> I know I'm uh, laughing, but that's, I'm, I'm laughing because like life's a bitch, right? That's exact that's typically what
1: happens. I couldn't believe it was like within a week of each other. I was like, "Is this for real?" I couldn't believe it. Um, so that was a huge challenge. Uh, so yeah, there was definitely a bit of scrambling on my part. Definitely lit a bit of a fire under me to really push hard on the marketing, the sales, uh, asking for referrals from other clients, asking for video testimonials and sharing those, posting more on LinkedIn, writing the, the guides, um, all that stuff was it, it really, I had to do it. I had no choice. It was either sink or swim because I yeah. had this full time and I, just, I had to pay him first, um, you know, I, and I didn't pay myself for that first month that he was on as well. Like I was like, no, I just want to make sure he gets paid and then I can look after myself. Yeah. Um, And now six months on of, of doing that, things are looking much better. Um, That client came back, which is great. Um, but it kind of was like a you know an old ex returning and you'd moved on. So um, <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. just just kidding. They're lovely, but yeah, yeah, um, yeah. it was kind of like I'd done so much work on the marketing sales that I realized, hey, actually, I don't have to rely on one or two big clients mm-hmm. anymore. So I was really thankful for that. Um, and a couple of new clients come in, and I was having a blast. We saw having a blast working with them. Yeah,
0: it's it's interesting, isn't it? You know, this growth only happens when there's pain. Right you, you never learn anything when everything is going great. It's when things are not going great and I, and I think this is an important lesson for anyone listening is that clients don't stay forever and you might have an amazing client who's been giving you great work for years and they love you, but it just takes one person to leave, and that gig is over and it's happened to me, and I know it's happened to you, and it's happened to probably every single person in the VBA. but the lesson from that is that you get to go, right, there's a big risk in my business, there's a vulnerability here. What do I need to do to take that vulnerability away? And that's exactly what you did. You went out, you created marketing material, you looked at different different sectors, you started pushing into those sectors, you started winning work, and then that client came back in a slightly different form. But, but how great is that, that that, that particular client was your main client for a long time. They were the yeah. majority of your work and now they've come back and they're an important client to you, but they're just, a num- they're, they're one of many. And I think that is probably one of the greatest achievements in Lyft Video because you've built
1: resilience into, into what you're doing. Yeah, and, and looking back, it was a real, yeah, it definitely forced me to make that change. Like I had no choice. Yeah.
0: And, and, and this is the thing about the the cruel mistress that is business is that you can never, ever get too comfortable. And as soon as you get comfortable, um, she whips the rug from under you. But tell me now, I mean, you, you must've learned a lot this year in terms of resilience and, and realizing how tough you are as a business owner, because I remember, you know, you maybe a year ago, talking about wanting to hire someone, but being very fearful of it because you weren't sure how to, to communicate what you wanted doing and, and build systems, but you did end up finding someone. Um, tell me about that process
1: and how that's impacted your your life and business now. Oh, it's so good. Um, yeah. So I was pretty afraid of hiring someone, like just having to pay someone else every single <laughs> month, no matter what. I was like, oh my goodness, I can't do that. What? <laughs> um, but I, I did realize like I knew deep down that I had to do it to have any chance of growing. Um, so I, I knew I had to do it. It just took me a while to build up the courage to make the the call. Um, but I, I did do it. I'm glad I did cause we've got a great videographer now. He does a lot of the shooting and editing and he, he loves the, he loves that stuff, which I'd kind of grown tired of. Um, but I'm, you know, I, I can still help where I need to, but, um yeah it's it's really freed up my time to focus on marketing and sales which I, I wouldn't be able to do if I was still editing three days a week and shooting you know what i mean
0: mm-hmm. and 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 from a kind of financial point of view the, the biggest fear was oh my god i've got to pay this person every month what you know what if i can't but and actually in hiring this guy um you've You've created more time and space to be more consistent with your sales marketing. What impact is that
1: having on your sales and your, and your business? Made us more money. (laughs) It's funny, isn't it? exactly. That's, and it took me, even though it's so simple, it does take you a while to realize that, oh, actually now that I've got time, I can focus on earning us more revenue, more yeah. jobs, more projects, and I can afford to pay someone else to, to sit on yeah. the tools and do that. So, it's so simple. It just took me a while I guess to really build up the courage to to make the leap.
0: And um and in terms of percentages, how much how much do you think you've grown since you've changed direction and and brought in your full-time employee and and you've had, you know, four very consistent sales months. A, a number that probably you know, is, 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 is pretty cool from a kind of sales target perspective.
1: Yeah. I mean, particularly going from like a freelance videographer, um, I mean, we're, we're doing like three times, four times what I was when I was a freelancer, Mm. um, which is great. Um, but this year, I mean, compared to the last financial year, we're probably up by about 40 or 50% there's something
0: around yeah, there. Yes. I mean, I'm not
1: great with numbers, but th- but those but
0: those are healthy. <laughs> you know, they, those are healthy growth um, numbers. Yeah, long city
1: is really what it's been. I,
0: and and I think that's very important. A, a lot of um, a lot of what I see online is like, hey, it's it's like again, can the kind of get rich quick with video type concept. But but in the book Great by Choice by Jim Collins, which is one of the Bibles we reflect on in the VBA, is. Business is a, is a long, it's a 30 year game. You know, you'll be doing this in 30 years from now. Uh, so you've got plenty of time. And I think, you know, a 50% growth at this stage is really healthy. You probably won't keep growing at 50% each year, but if you grew at 20% each year and maintained it and had the opportunity to, I think it's like, you've got to be able to, um, it's, like, it's like being in a little boat, okay? And being on the ocean. Anyone can be on the ocean when it's flat calm, but what if a big storm rolls in? How resilient are you at being able to handle whatever's thrown at you? And I think that's one of the many lessons that you've been shown in the last two years. I mean, you were in lockdown for the longest time. You hired someone. You changed niche direction, but yet you're still here. And I know we were talking, we were talking before the call about cash flow and that being a constant challenge and and it's a constant challenge for most businesses because of the nature of the video production game is that even if you're billing fifty percent up front you're not always getting the projects can take three or four months in some cases and so that that is just something you know that's that's your next challenge is to manage the cash flow in a way that you know I've got this expression what you focus on expands and if you were still editing and shooting, that's all you'd be focusing on. Now you're 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 a business owner. You're looking strategically at the big picture for the year. What is the financial goal? How are you going to get there? What resources do you have in your team? And, and I and, it's, and I think it's incredible, mate. You know, I think you should be very very proud of of what you've achieved because it's it's a hell of a journey in a fairly short amount of time.
1: Yeah, no, it's it's been pretty um, crazy to be honest, and yeah, still a long way to go, but um, exciting and yeah, kind of loving it Oh, like I, I feel a lot more relaxed now than i probably was at the start of the year feeling pretty pretty stressed uh the first quarter of this year um but yeah feeling a lot more confident going forward now that's awesome man well listen thanks so much for sharing your story grant
0: i'm sure uh those people listening to this will find this to be very beneficial and
1: and and thanks for, for being so open amazing thanks for having me dan